There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi. Welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watched B and John Malkovich. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hello, Jim. Hi, Kai. How are you? I'm good. I'm on college break. It's just sick. It's yeah, it's wild. I'm just topless constantly. There's just music, loud music. My neighbors hate me. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, spring break. I understand. Well, I'm doing it winter in Minnesota. Uh, the windows are open. <laughs> the windows so the are open. Of spring break. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. yeah. I'm really just um, going for it. The I can't transition from that. Uh, we're, I'm going to bring in our guests. <laughs> I was going to call you the uh, spring break of a person, but I, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> we'll find uh, out. We have our guest. He used to do comedy in Philly. I don't know where he is now i think it's pittsburgh but i don't is it it's pittsburgh okay pittsburgh <laughs> he's great it's fred brown <laughs> hello hey yeah glad to be here i said okay. 73rd best high not 73rd best like <laughs> everything <laughs> <laughs> i love you jim you're doing great i'm Thank you, fred. i'm slowly realizing i'm not very good at intro introducing things even though i've done this show a hundred times but like i had to introduce an improv show recently and I, I i did really bad i did really bad <laughs> what makes it hard do you think um i think i try to be authentic and because i'm nervous to introduce things my authenticity is uh stilted or yeah your authenticity is nervousness because you're authentic yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that that judgy part of your brain takes over instead, and you're like, "All right, cool. Now that part gets to be the host." I still owe Jill Bernard an apology for doing a show for Improvathon with my indie team, where I hosted, and I was just like, "That was the most inauthentic version of myself." Like, I was like back to waiting tables version of Kai, and I was like, "Ugh, why did that person just say, hey, everybody?'" You know, like, "Whoa, an improv!" Like, Ugh. I was just like, "Oh, that's not who me who I am." Um, yeah. Fred, do you ever feel in- inauthentic? <laughs> do we <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I very rarely have gotten the get in an improv show. Like maybe like three times in my life have I gotten the suggestion. Oh, I really? sort of like really, yeah, there's something about, because you have to be authentic, but you also have this challenge of like meeting the audience where they are, but then wanting to meet them where they are and then raise up the energy and I sometimes am, I sometimes have a hard t- time being generously enthusiastic. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get, I get nervous. To, it also, like, is, like, the first thing. It's hard to be the first thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And everyone forgets about it by the end. So it doesn't actually matter. But it's hard to be the first thing. And you also yeah. remember, I feel bad for the person who does, like, the closeout thing, who has to, or, like, say more about the other shows. Yeah. Uh, that person I always feel for, because I'm just, like, they just did all this brain exercise especially if they did, like, an hour-long, like, narrative show, and they got to be like, uh, and then uh, Hamster Wheel is up at 11, and, like... <laughs> We've got what classes <laughs> and shows online yeah. at the website goodbye everyone yeah, yeah exactly, i literally yeah. watched someone do it the other day they're like ah guys i told you you shouldn't have me do this uh and then kept talking uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i appreciated the pure honesty i like that person and it's endearing for them to do it but oh just so real so true yeah i never want to be that person 
You know what makes me nervous too in that context? So I think what we're talking about, right, is coming out of the beginning of an improv show, mm-hmm. reading the audience, telling them what's what. I get nervous that people don't want to see improv. Like I get nervous, like the audience oh, is there yeah. by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I, they wandered, yeah. Yeah, I I just wanna I want a crowd that's not only warm energetically, but also has been vetted for whether or not they want to be there. Yeah. Which uh, the scale of one to ten, how much do you love improv? Yeah, immediately. <laughs> and then if you're like, sorry, you can't make it in. I know that was honest, but you can't come in now. <laughs> right, no, or, or just to like, hey, welcome. This is an improv show. That just gives people a chance to be like, uh, and improv's made up on the spot. Yeah. Uh, then people can get up and leave, you know, and then. <sighs> the irony of that statement is that the crowd is almost exclusively improvisers yeah. and is almost never just uh, normal people. Absolutely correct. Yeah, I'm imagining a scenario where people have wandered in off the street and not knowing what they're getting into. I have, I watched a uh, Not Yet Rate It that was like that, where it was like half the crowd was made up of people who had never heard of or seen improv, and they they thought that that meant that they got to talk through the entire thing, which yes. was very frustrating, sure. and there was almost a fight in that show. Great. Uh, but otherwise, it was mostly people... Like at the suggestion being like dildo, that's my suggestion. I'm gonna do this for the whole show because I want the scenes to change. I don't like this. Yeah, and shout out lines in the middle of the scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The uh, the closest I think Jim and I have experienced, I, or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, personally, is when we did uh, we did a show uh, that was at a barbecue, uh, and we've talked about this on the show before. Oh god. Um, but. but those people weren't expecting improv. You don't. I don't think you tell your friends. By the way, uh, I added improv to the mix for the barbecue, uh, and you expect more people to switch their maybes to going. Like, like that's yeah. not that's not how that goes. I think actually, I think you lose people. Um, and it was one of my favorite events because it was just like 50-50 split. Uh, no, Jim, what was it? Maybe twenty five percent of the people were paying attention when we were performing. That's very generous. That's very generous. Yeah. Uh, and it was like three at a time. Uh, the, the majority of it, I think, was children, of which, uh, once again, I think I've told the story where I say, Jim, you made the kid cry. Is that false? If I've been, been lying? I mean, the team as a collective made the child cry. <laughs> okay. I, I went and comforted the kid during the next scene because I ha- didn't have anything to do. <laughs> Don't <laughs> don't ask children to improvise as part of a show. They will fall apart. <laughs> it's too much pressure. It yeah, just they is. get a, they get a lot of stage fright. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that, that's that's the closest I think we've just like improv bombed people. Just like, and this is happening to you. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of two things. One is like the generations of improvisers before me in Philadelphia who lamented the loss of the days of bar prov like there was just a group of people that really cut their teeth they felt doing improv in bars mm-hmm. where you do have to kind of fight for your right to do improv yeah and i think with established theaters you do get these highly vetted crowds that really can um i don't know make uh, improvisers too soft or something you know <laughs> yeah and it reminds me secondarily of what I think is, and I'm going to bring this to the movie, is I what it. I think one of the most challenging things is street performance. Yeah. Like, that's the opposite of what, that, that's kind of right at the heart of what we're talking about, where every second you're introducing an act to people <laughs> who probably don't want to be there. 
and yourself. And you're reintroducing yourself. Essentially, you're you're reintroducing the why should I give a fuck about this person occupying my my attention? <laughs> exactly. And the greatest yeah. fear is that some guy is going to turn to you and say "motherfucker" and punch you right in the face. Like uh, <laughs> it's happened. Like happens with John Cusack in being John Malkovich. Uh, it's happened to me in done? real life. I've done poetry uh, in the in public. People really? don't like that. Yeah, people don't like it when you do uh, improvised poetry in public. Some people just don't want to go. I'll give you a four. Good job. All right. You know, and then go back to work. Like it's not. It's not poetry slam. Jim hates poetry actually. Um, like not, especially not a fan. <laughs> competitive poetry, which I used to do before I did improv for many years. Uh, and then I would just be like, oh, cool. I'll go busk. I'll just do poetry. And yeah, people. I did not get a uh, a full on punch as bad as I got when I was on my ripstick uh, um, that one time. <laughs> what's, a, what's a ripstick? It's like a wiggle. Uh, it's like a skateboard that you wiggle on with. Has oh yeah, hands. one of those. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but you're wait, an adult. Wait, wait. You, you. Oh, so you're saying you've gotten punched at least twice in public. Once was when you were on your ripstick, and that was a bad punch, and a punch that's <laughs> not quite as bad as a time that you did competitive improvised poetry in public uh it was not improvised poetry i had all of that memorized um <laughs> yeah no i i just it was impromptu excuse me oh, no in, one was okay. yeah no one was expecting that nobody wants that no one just wants to sh- um i shouldn't say that you you come up the stairs and you're like oh someone's performing cool that's fine you know like when you're uh, like coming out of the subway or something like that but if like uh and you're just like and boom it's happening to you like you're you like, accost ah. you accosted people with it i did i jumped out at them <laughs> i was just like here's a poem no <laughs> Um, it was a, a one-person flash mob of impromptu <laughs> memorized poetry. I guess like, why I feel this so intensely is I guess I just feel bad for everyone that was sitting next to me when I put out, like, my shit to be like, oh, shit, oh, no, this, I'm sitting next, like, they're just trying to sit there and eat their sandwich, and all of a sudden I sit right next to them and I'm just like, and the opportunity to pay me for my entertainment. And you got punched? Uh, I did not get fully punched. I got a... You know when someone's what's wrong with you and they give you like the backhand? Yeah. So like what is like But a stranger did that to you? Of course. That kind of makes like a grandparent yeah. move. I was gonna like, say that feels like something my uncle would do. Yeah. They were probably in their like late thirties, and at that time, I don't know why That's I was too young to be doing that. I think so. It's it, maybe they really loved their grandpa. <laughs> it's 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 honestly in Bo- it's not that surprising for me for Boston. Um, but Boston also but, has like such, so so much street performance. Has a real culture of street performance. People don't like street performers sometimes, uh, and they like to take their money too. Um, that is also a thing that sucks. Because uh, if that, you accost yeah. the performer who's been making money, you can then take their money, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Does not Boston fun. have a lot of uh, street performing? Uh, Cambridge I particularly. Tell if that was a sarcastic comment. <laughs> no, no, no. Cambridge does. I think. Uh, I would say yeah. A lot of this. Like along the subway line, like the really? like and all the squares. Yeah, I would say people were pretty protective about it too. You were like, "This is my spot." It's where oh, Tracy cool. Chapman got got her start. Oh, really? In, I think in, as a street a street performer in Boston, right? Cool. Sure, Maybe. I believe you. Fact check it. And that's Jim's job. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, I, I like to hold everyone accountable on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Otherwise, uh, everything else we've said has been 100 percent true. Uh, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the first time that any of us had any doubt about the veracity of what, we, what was being said. Thank you. Um, 
Oh my god, actually, no, I've lied many a times on this podcast and gotten things wrong. I've been called out by many of my friends who are like, you totally recapped your childhood completely wrong. I was like, well, you were there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, what? Tracy Chapman got her, got her start busking uh, at Harvard Square and the Red Line. That sounds about right. Um, that was a popular spot, especially like right when you pop out of the subway, like right there is there's like all these little like spots to sit on the, like the, the brick, uh, they may as well have just made chairs. Yeah. It was a little like, uh, amphitheater kind of. Kind of. Yeah. And so you've been there before. I've been there before. I used to every sat, was it Saturday or Sunday? There was a, a band that would play and they were called, oh man, what were they called? Something at the zoo or something. Uh, uh, Sunday uh, at the zoo? No, no, no. Too many zoos. Is that what it was? No, no. I'm making that up because I watched too many cooks recently. Uh, oh, I was gonna say Too Many Zoos is a uh, is a is a New York based band. They're no, a jazz I... band that's very good. This was not a very good New York based jazz band. This was a pretty <laughs> good like Cambridge or Boston based band, hmm. and it, and people would come out of the woodwork and dance, and it was very entertaining. People watching, like yeah, it got serious there. Yeah. yeah. I would never attempt to try to do performance there. I was nowhere near and ca- like capable of doing that. But uh, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that's a cool I'm spot. interested, Jim. Like, Kai was like, Jim hates poetry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, you yeah. really nodded, and you're like, yeah. Like, yeah. what does that mean? I struggle with poetry, um, like reading it and really understanding it. I, I, I read, I, I read a lot of fiction, and fiction is very straightforward in that it's just like. This is what is happening. And even the... <laughs> Did you watch this film? This was fiction. <laughs> Straightforward. Yeah, I love yeah, fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, you read, when you read it, they're like uh, a dog's walking down the street. And you can picture a dog walking down the street. Yeah. And even having like the dog is thinking about uh, eating. You can picture a dog thinking. And there's all, like, there's all these concepts. And it's not... P- poetry is almost like... It's very flowery in that I, I, I can't connect the words in my brain, and I, mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I fully admit that my hatred of poetry is one of insecurity that I can't understand it. Yeah, because hatred's a strong word. I, I relate I to that. I put, I put it that is on a you. Word that I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't really have like a, a boiling hate in my heart. It's <laughs> just like an aversion, like a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, just I struggle with it. Yeah, right. It's, it really does suck to feel like you're supposed to understand something and you don't understand it. And then yes. that thing just makes you feel stupid. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, exactly. I'm not going to spend too much more time with this thing. Especially yeah. since I was in all the like AP lit and AP uh, language classes in uh, high school. And it's a lot. It's a lot of dissecting poetry and just sitting yeah. and being like, I don't know what this says. I, I don't understand this at all. And then like I'd read The Great Gatsby and I'm like, yeah, I got all this. The themes are easy. Like. Yep. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, but a poem, I just can't connect the words properly. Yeah, I think I was just as lost as, as as you would have been probably going to all the shows I did, honestly, for the years that I did compete. and Because, like, I mean, that you connect with the poetry that you understood, but sometimes you'd just be like, I don't know, I think that was about a goat getting a job. Like, <laughs> you, you would walk away from shit being completely, mm-hmm. it is reasonable to be befuddled. But a lot of the shows uh, that I'd go to and hell of a lot of the poetry that like the books that I have in my house, uh, a lot of them are pretty traumatic poems because I did competitive. So therefore, you know, what wins uh, 
who's had the most traumatic experience. <laughs> oh, tra- traumatic, uh, you say? Tra- traumatic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, not, I, I, I'm, I'm simplifying it, but I've literally heard someone say, I, now I can't do my, like, oh no, they did their dead dad poem, now I can't do my dead dad poem. Like, that level of, <laughs> oh, like, like what, relationship. Like one-upsmanship up, one kind of thing. I've had that realization where I was like, oh no, I can't do my poem about my gender identity or my, uh, or my just being queer right now because they just did that poem. What other, like, heavy weighted poem do i have that would you know exactly that's when you like, go to just go get in a job oh geez yeah exactly and i needed those i that's where i in, i don't know actually that's where instead i did poems that were uh really really sexy and explicit then you find out it's about bacon and you're like Ooh. all right perfect because that's uh, a safer route people like that um uh, i should have should have made it i'll write that down go getting a well you, i you're the one that said it <laughs> yeah i know it's <laughs> a great idea hold on let me write that down uh I like I do like the idea of like picturing like Allen Ginsberg being like, oh, no, Lucian Carr did a, a poem about being gay. Now I can't do one right now. <laughs> I can't I can't create a revolution by uh, by doing Hal at the moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's something that I don't really like. Uh, hell, I've even been beaten with poetry by someone who told me that my poem inspired them to write the poem that beat me. So in, in, in a competition. <laughs> In a competition, wow. a year. <laughs> they're like, "I'll Not see like you morally. in a year, and I will destroy you." <laughs> yeah. And they did, <laughs> and I'm proud of them. But also, fuck you, <laughs> like, it, yeah. So, oh, my favorite anime, by the way. <laughs> I'm proud of you, but fuck you. <laughs> no, no, no. People, people destroying each other with poems, like a year later. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, instead, I just get destroyed by people who are just way funnier than me. And oh my god, I've been going to shows recently. I'm just like, fuck me. I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I just am just getting a coach after not having one for like a year. And I'm so excited to just have someone be like, hey, everything you're doing right now, not good. <laughs> uh, I miss, <laughs> I miss someone criticizing what I'm doing. Yeah, you, you're missing the mark. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that, that like the rogue moves that haven't been helping my team. Like nothing will be going on. I was like, hey guys, this whole thing's a simulation or um <laughs> like that kind of shit because we just like uh uh where i if i yeah i feel like yeah, I let's need to destroy the reality of the scene kind of thing. yeah i need to be rain the fucking uh i just miss someone just being like hey freeze still keep doing your thing uh but uh stop being in your head and not fucking confident and stop being a dick to yourself and go <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if you've experienced that before, but I've, I think we've talked about it before, actually earlier, just being inauthentic uh, and even bringing that into like character work. That's why I'm usually appreciative and I'm going to give him love like I always do, Ralph and Indr- uh, Dracchio, because he really helped me do more authentic work because I was just like, oh, if I can just be authentic right before I perform, my characters can be authentic as well. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that makes sense or that's too much or too heady, but. Uh, I, I think it's the opposite of heavy. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like you, uh, there's got to be some saying about it. You, what you practice, something about like what you practice, you do or something. I don't know. Like, sure, yeah, right. There, I mean, there's yeah. a concept of perfect practice. Perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. Like if yeah, if you if you're about to do if you're all bitsy, you know, you're doing all these bits when you go on stage. That's what you've warmed up. Um, I kind of uh, hit something that I wanted to ask you about because Fred, you've done uh, like you've done like directing and coaching and things, yes, yeah. uh, like that. How do you do um notes? 
like do you do you do harder notes or uh softer notes or such uh it's a good question i guess it's changed over the years i think more recently i like don't do many notes like okay i think people can't process near like okay here's a, i have a few thoughts about it one is i think there's kind of this like uh trope of an improv coach after a show recapping every single scene and talking about yeah, that happens it, and then yeah, no, yeah yeah talking about other choices that could have been made and I think that actually serves a pretty valuable function of just celebrating the scenes that happen and allowing people to remember. But in terms of improving improv, I don't think it does much, right? Because there's nothing actionable at that point to change. And I think it's so detail-oriented that it's actually hard for people to process. And I think people engage with it because they want to be talked about. Like, I think people leave an improv stage and they're like, how did I do? I want to be validated that I existed up there and that the things I did happened. And so hearing someone be like, oh, you did the scene about the robots. I'm like, yeah, I'm real. Like, I exist. I feel validated. So I, I, like, sit here for that. But I think in terms of actionable feedback, I think people can't process that much at a time. And Mm -mm. I think it's just like, can you make a light adjustment and then have them do it again to be able to practice the adjustment? So I try to only give feedback when it's actionable. Um, But I I think I could do a better job. I've been working with a group for a while only online for the last, like, two years. And I think they're probably pretty starved for, for like, um, evaluative feedback of the kind that you're talking about, Kai, where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you're good at this it, or you're doing this badly, fix it. I, I haven't been doing very much of that at all individually. I just try to create opportunities for the group to find new kinds of success. I'm, I think I'm, I'm kind of saying it a little bit um, in extreme. No, no, no. And I, I, what I I'm like playing to do, into but, that. No, I understand what you mean, though, no. of like... Well, I want to give a little love to MJ uh, Matheson out here because they did a workshop and I think they're embodying a little bit more of the kinder version of that when they were just like, freeze, hold on. Hey, so everybody, you know who you are right now. You see these people all the time. You literally are just accessing someone you already know, you already know the answer. And it was very much so like very clear of just like, I, I, I miss that reminder of just yeah. like, you're not being kind to yourself by doing this thing of just being like, ah, there's nobody in the world. You're like, no, there's fucking endless amount of people. You love thinking about them all the time. Um, at least, I don't know. I think a lot of curious people tend to join improv comedy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there tend to be people watchers. So I'm like, why am I making this so complicated? And I need, I don't know. I appreciate coaches that have me stop and go get out of your own fucking way. This is way less complicated. Um, but also understand the gravity of just like, uh it's it's common for people to duck um yeah. like that um mm. like i don't know he did a great job of being like it's totally understandable it's totally human but you fucking know um that uh i just i don't know how to put it i need a gas up coach um who calls me out if that makes sense no i think that's the best kind yeah yeah absolutely like to normalize like hey what you're doing right now is perfectly normal and mm-hmm. is highly avoidable yeah uh so i just want to remind you of that like take a breath ground yourself like keep going yeah that i feel like that's what i feel like there are experienced improvisers out there that want the hard notes they want like they, they they're like i'm a tough nut to crack i want to like really like i want the hard note and the hard note usually is like right. you know what to do like the hard note is like make your scene partner look good you know or listen harder and i feel like at a certain point that's all a coach is doing is just being the outside facilitator to remind the group to be its best yeah I think you I think you did hit something that I had never really thought about, which is that hard nodes tend to just be, hey, remember the fundamentals. Just 
this is the fundamental that you were missing there. Like, don't forget, don't forget about it. And obviously, you anything could be broken, so you can always throw a fundamental out the window. But uh, there are some times where it's just like, that's there for a reason. Go ahead and do that. All right, I'm going to tie this into poetry and also gen- generally the week I've had. Uh, there's a sentence. <laughs> and, and definitely uh, not the movie being John Malkovich. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. No, no, but I I've had a, <laughs> It's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Uh, there's a sentence which has broken me many times when I perform poetry, which was, remember why you wrote it. It's a kind of a mean sentence, but a good sentence to say to someone before they perform because it'll make them connect and do it very authentically, which is great. But sometimes it can break you because it is a really difficult poem and it can make you connect with it. And I've done it before. Where I've just like, I've wept through a poem because someone reminded me to remember why I did it. And how I connected to this past week is I've been super stressed out, got school coming up, been stressed out about both uh, improv comedy, um, as mostly just because I, d- I didn't get uh, the audition. You know, one, one out of the 97 people who didn't get, like, I think there was like 30 slots. Um, but anyways, yeah. you know, you don't get the thing. It's It sucks. Um, so with like that and uh, like stress of like podcasting, thinking about with doing the school and stuff like that. You have to do that pause and stuff like that. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I fucking, I'm in, I forgot. I'm such an idiot. These are my hobbies. These are the things I like to do for <laughs> fun. Um, so I did the remember oh. why you do it uh, literally like over the last like 48 hours. Um, and that came from editing, which I love doing. I, I was um, editing Scott Campbell's episode on uh, John Wick 2. And I was just like, we're stupid. I laugh with myself. <laughs> Uh, which is my favorite is when I laugh at the things I laughed at in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's your sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Or I laugh at the things that uh, both of them said that I missed or someone said a joke that got talked over, whatever. Like, it's such a fun thing to be able to relive it. Um, or I do the thing that I need to do sometimes, which is I did it again. I listened to our trailer um, and I'm like, oh, that's that's cute. I forgot. Like, we, Yeah. 100 episodes uh excuse me 98 episodes ago where we were just like uh yeah this would be dumb let's do it just talk to a bunch of people we haven't ever really got a chance to talk to it's basically surprise surprise fred i don't know if you know this 27 minutes in we're not really here super too much to talk about being john malkovich as much as we're just like we'd like to talk to you hello (laughs) um yeah it's been a great uh two years of just being like I don't know, Jim, I don't want to like make it sound like we're holding people hostage to talk to us, but it's mostly <laughs> just like, hey, we think you're interesting. We'd like to talk to you. Um, Scooby-Doo 2, right? <laughs> How about it? Um, yeah, what's the term? A MacGuffin? Is that is that what a MacGuffin is? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like MacGuffin. Get it, the movie, the conversation about being John Malkovich is just the device to get us together to advance our shared plot. Well, exactly. the whole... The whole movie's about control, right? And I just... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't need to do that. I mean, I could. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it, we- it is... We One of the things that we did find out was that uh, we basically just used the movie to be like, this is something artistic. Well, how do you feel about that artistic person that we... Uh, have seen do artistic yeah. things. Kind how, do of you thing. care, how do you feel about John Heater being attacked by ass blasters? You know, like really sophisticated questions over the last couple of years <laughs> that we've been asking. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to you, Fred. No? no, it, no. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not familiar with the later Tremors movies? <laughs> I, I, I am not. Although, I guess maybe before we started recording, you mentioned uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah the Dream Child I think I just watched so I might not be getting this right 
I don't. Wait, Night Nightmare on Elm Street is different than Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Yes. Okay, never mind. I watched an, uh, an interview with Jordan Peele where he put together a bunch of movies that kind of inspired Nope. Because mm-hmm. he got sick of telling people what Nope was about. And evidently one of them was maybe like the fifth Friday the 13th or the fifth Nightmare on Elm Street. and uh, Could have been the sixth one because that's what the sixth night uh, Friday the 13th because that's what inspired this podcast. Yeah. Because no that one. Nope. Huh? Nope. <laughs> yeah it did it that, did nope and this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. The, two nope. equally good things uh, <laughs> <laughs> inscrutable and, and highly artful we should tag them we should definitely like do a collaboration in the future yeah <laughs> yeah he's jordan peele <laughs> come on the podcast so you can be with some equals um uh the uh the sixth Friday the 13th movie is exponentially better than all the rest of them. It's it's uh, wild how much better written and like better directed it is than all of them because all of them are pretty trash movies. They're they're very like whatever. I'm and, excited like, to see them one day. And just wild and weird things like there's one with a telekinetic girl who uh makes a house fall on him. It's those kinds of things. Huh. And then that one the sixth one is weirdly meta where like kids will like look at the look at the camera and be like well that's what they do in horror movies womp womp and uh, do like a sound effect like that but it's strangely good yeah is it sure. called friday the 18th like do they just count up <laughs> i'm not quite sure uh, what that one's called jason lives and then it's like in parentheses, Friday the Thirteenth uh, Part Six. Uh, I want oh, them okay. to do like a Lion King thing where they do like an in between, like a thirteenth and a half. Uh, <laughs> <There> was- <laughs> love that movie. And they still you like instead Jason hangs out with Timon and Pumbaa. They still just do this. That's just it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a parody Hard called cut. Friday the or Saturday the Fourteenth. Oh well, there oh, we of go. Of course there was, which yeah. I think had a sequel called Sunday the Fifteenth. Yep, yep. Yeah. So then it'd be um, Monday the sixth, Tuesday the seventeenth, was it? So Friday the twentieth would be like the next Friday. <laughs> well there was there, even like a I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I my point was gonna be that there are some Friday the third most of the Friday the thirteenth movies take place on like Saturday the fourteenth and Sunday the fifteenth because it's like the day after kind of stuff. The way like Halloween two is technically November first. Right. Because it takes place immediately after. Jim, this is, this is a random movie. Fred, maybe you've seen it. Have you ever heard of Shriek if you know what I did last Friday the 13th? Yeah. Sounds like a horror parody. It yes. is. It's you 100% it. that. It came out in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, it's Scream, but somehow worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well, I just... Scream. I'm sorry, Scream's great. It's a scary movie, but somehow it's worse. Oh, yeah. Scary movie was not good. Yeah. I watched it recently, and it aged somehow really poorly. <laughs> yeah, you know, everything from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, and, you know, actually, Jim, I don't know if you recall this from the last uh, 98 episodes, uh, most of the franchises we've done have been from, like, a time, like, not much has held up. Like, none <laughs> of the films we've really done, if it's got a franchise at this point, it's just, like, probably a lot of it. Like, when we go to Land Before Time 2, it's going to be problematic. Right then and there, I can feel it. Um, it's gonna be a hard cut. Um, I mean, we were talking about doing the Ernest franchise, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot about Ernest goes to Africa." Fuck, uh, <laughs> like it's 
oh no, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even a, the movie a lot of the we content. watched today is didn't oh, age. This, no, no, none of it. Well, in a lot of I respects, say, I shouldn't say none of it. A lot of it did not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it about that time? I think it's about the time for me to. I gotta know. <laughs> uh, Fred, I have a question for you. Yeah. What is your relationship with being John Malkovich in general? What is my relationship with being John Malkovich in general? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. this film. What is, oh, what is the it? film? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this yeah, the, yeah, is yeah. this the, is this your first time ever uh, being asked to watch this film? Is, what's your what's your engagement with this it's film? Like, so far? It's my first time life. being asked to watch it, but I have seen it before. Okay. And <laughs> what's funny to me is that like I didn't remember any of the uh, I guess what I would call like the love story. Like, I just totally forgot that that's yeah. what it was all about, was mm-hmm. uh, these two characters wanting to have sex with, like, this other character. I just remembered the final scene of all the people going through the door, you know, just before midnight. And I think I conflated that in my head with one of the final scenes in Mahalan Drive, where the elderly nice couple is, like, dancing on the floor or whatever. Huh. I remembered little visuals, but I totally forgot... Most of it. I remembered um, Cameron Diaz being in the cage. Yeah, yep. That's a hard thing to forget. I, I yeah. forgot about that. That's, that's intense. I forgot about. I forgot about the gun aspect of it and made it more uncomfortable. The thing is, is that I remember things going, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. And then I, when you rewatch it, you're like, wow, John Cusack, no matter how uncomfortable it is of him, hold, I'm more uncomfortable with the fact that he, how unprepared he is to hold a gun. Like, yeah, he says very <laughs> shaky hands. He's not confident with this gun. Has no idea how to threaten somebody. Hasn't even practiced that. You know, no like trigger like, discipline. Yeah, has never done like a taxi driver, like you talking to me moment. Like practice, like look, <laughs> don't look, don't have shaky hands and do that. Uh, yeah, that I forgot how uncomfortable uh, that whole scene was going to be. Uh, yep. Yeah, don't put Cameron, don't put Cameron Diaz in a cage. I think we can all. But I think, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. That was one of the elements where I was like, this feels awkward. Like, did this age badly? But I'm sort of like, I think. He's kind of the bad guy. It's not like, yeah. I don't know if it aged badly. I think it's just like a shitty thing that his character did, and we don't yes. root. We don't really root for him ever. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah, I felt yeah. similarly I, about like early on when Cameron Diaz's character was like, "I'm a transsexual." Yep. And I'm like, "Oh, geez, is this the joke?" And I'm like, "No, it's actually not the joke. Like that's nope. actually treated with, um, I don't know, just kind of like an open matter of factness, and it comes to fruition in a sense." Yeah, I watched it and I was like, I'm going to give it to Cameron for the fact that uh, I was just like, okay, wow, she really just uh, made me believe that she's authentically having a very big awakening moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot about that. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I, that can- <laughs> I had Because I watched this originally when I was like 14 or 15, that that whole aspect of it completely eluded me. Who would have thought that a 14-year-old boy watching this would not have the sensitivity to realize that? But watching it now, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a big time, like, oh, there's a big, like, transgender uh, uh, allegory within the movie that's I mean, treated with a, a, quite a bit respect. Given 1999, I, I don't know how today it would look, but. Right. I didn't expect them to touch on gender euphoria. I really didn't. I didn't think they were going to talk about that. They were, she was just, like, super psyched. Uh, honestly, I, <laughs> I'd i love to be beat uh, John Malkovich as well. That'd be fun. Um, that I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do, I won't. 
uh, dishonor th- him by having sex with his body. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not that much of an a-hole. Like, that's the other part I felt really uncomfortable about this film. I was like, this isn't, this isn't, like, you're puppeteering a man. Like, no, you, you, you did uh, point out a big thing that I agree with, which is at no point will be, like, John Cusack's character, Craig, which is perfectly named Craig. No offense, Craig's. Um, but <laughs> what a throwaway <laughs> name for just like some like some asshole boyfriend. Because uh, that's his character is some asshole fucking boyfriend. Because we're always with the entire time you're like you're fucking gaslighting her. You fucking prick. Like you mm-hmm. just like uh, <laughs> you're just I'm... like you're just you're the worst fucking person. Uh, yeah. I watched this with my girlfriend and we were like maybe five minutes in and she was like, I don't like this guy. And I was like, you're not supposed <laughs> yeah, to. He's, you're the, not so he's the villain of the movie. Like, yeah. he's he might be the protagonist, but he's the villain of the movie. It was one of the first movies I had ever seen that the protagonist wasn't a good person and never becomes a good person. You know what was one of the first movies I saw this like that? Is uh, on Christmas Day, my family used to go to the movies. Like we'd watch a movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And oh, nice. in whatever, I think 1998, it was Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And With, that um, movie, Matt yeah, Matt Damon, Jude Law, Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of Paltrow, other wow. people maybe. But like, that, so yeah, that, said. that movie, Matt Damon is the main, is the protagonist, but he's not a good guy. You don't really root for him. Yeah, which is always, uh, it's interesting because you, you do kind of think of the uh, protagonist as a hero, but... I mean, when you're taught it in English class, they're like, protagonist does not equal hero. Protagonist just means main character. That's it. That's all it is. And then antagonist is just the force that's against the main character. And technically, like, Maxine is the antagonist. Although she is also, like, I was... Oh, I'm I'm pro-Maxine at multiple times throughout this film. I'm just like, I love how cold shoulder she is multiple times uh to just being like hey fuck you guys like no get the fuck off like <laughs> get the fuck off me um she fucks with both of them i'm not saying i'm a fan of her emotional manipulation and emotional <laughs> abuse <laughs> that was the, that was the point i was gonna make was there's only but, one good person in the movie and it's cameron diaz and then uh, <laughs> john malkovich who is a victim within the movie oh my god oh my god i'm just amazed that like maxine we know we know nothing about her you know and the movie still works like we know what we need to know there isn't any like exposition about i don't know any of her background or she doesn't even go into john malkovich except for his subconscious they probably wrote elevator woman uh for like the the casting call i'm not kidding like they they kind of didn't like I don't know. It, it, I don't explain My, it. Like her character was to be this pissed off person that was kind of just half listening, right? Am I? Uh, but also, I th- running at, occasionally, being like, "Oh, wait a minute! No, that's genius! I can use that to win and yield my power." Um, I think the epitome yeah. of her character is when he says, "I don't even know your name or where you work," and she says, "Yeah, like that's on purpose." Like I think that's like right. the epitome of who she is. Is just like, I don't want you to. I don't want you to know anything about me. But so she could better puppeteer him. Um, but I thought I thought her I thought the love at the end between her and uh, Lottie was genuine. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah don't get like I think she wasn't just a man, a manip- Like I feel like I I believe her at the end that she's happy and that's what she wants and that I think it's mutual. I think she used manipulative methods to get to that point. Absolutely, yeah. she did. Yeah. yeah, but I do also believe that she's genuine, genuinely in love with Cameron Diaz. 
it's a two-hour film, but I wish we got more of Maxine to give, like, to understand why we should really give a fuck about her emotional development to getting to a place of just being more authentic with herself and, like, more authentic with, like, yeah, just the love that she has for Cameron Diaz that is there. Uh, clearly, she has her own demons with the need to, uh, I don't know, not have an authentic relationship with people's, like, internal selves. I don't know. She's she's a fascinating character that I wish we, we'd learned a little bit more about other than just being um yeah kind of mean i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know i felt i i liked her exactly the uh, amount we saw her hmm. i i felt like any more and i would have been maybe exhausted with uh her because uh because of the type of character she is i want more of a what's his name uh i was gonna the say monkey. merlin <laughs> No, I, I, the, Elijah. Uh, Elijah, yeah, I know. The chimp and the uh, <laughs> Elijah's great. I love chip uh, the chimpanzee. I love their flashback uh, to when they couldn't save their parents. <laughs> that, was, that was one of those moments where uh, you realize that Charlie Kaufman has a background writing comedy. Well, yeah, because he's done like TV stuff too, right? Yeah, he did um, uh, Get a Life, yeah, and he yeah, was on. I don't know his stuff. Uh, I think he did SNL, but he definitely did um, the Dana Carvey show. Those, so like, six I geeked out about show. I don't know jack shit about him, but I geeked out at least about the writing of this film. And apparently, this is just a merger of two scripts that he had kind of going, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, why it just feels like there's two fucking plots: uh, the love plot and this fucking ridiculous idea about being inside a man. Which I even, I gotta look to see if I'm lying here, but I believe they wanted John Malkovich specifically because of the name. Like, he was even like, why are you not doing this with, like, Tom Cruise? You don't even know who I am. I'm just kind of like a, like a, a C-list at this point, B-list, like, at that point. Like, B-ish, probably. Um, noteworthy person. Um, there was definitely, yeah, I guess other people that could have been more well-known. But it's just his name, being John Malkovich, it's just, it's just a great name. So they were just like, and we need you. Oh, this movie is fucking. Oh, God, I can't I mean, believe. Uh, I yeah. I feel like part of the the joke of why it would be yes. John Malkovich is that he's a pretty mundane guy. Like he's yeah. not a big star. He's a pretty he's a character actor. He does a lot of like sage stuff. So, I think one of the jokes is why would there be a line of people to be John Malkovich? Like the joke of that one scene was. Uh, can I be anyone who I anyone I want? No, you get you have to be John Malkovich. And he goes, okay, that was my second choice. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> who do you think his first choice was, though? Tom Cruise. You think it's probably Tom Cruise? Sure. Yeah. And then, yeah. but then he goes in. I I think that's the scene where he goes in and he's buying bath mats, which is one of my favorite scenes because it, yeah, it, yeah, it goes on for so long. <laughs> Well, that's the kind of humor you like. You like to see that on stage anyways. The the mundane little slice of life. Because they do that. They do this, that so well I mean, uh, in, in this movie. You're just like, I don't know. What's he going to do? Bring out his trash next? Um, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of something going on for way longer than it should, which is something actually you did, Fred, on stage, which is one of the hardest I've ever laughed was during a future show where you had a character... Oh, was I, did I, was I like a plumber or something? I got in a shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, yeah, I do remember that. That was, Where you, yeah. you took off I guess the longest I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> For like five straight minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I it's just it's something going on for way too long is one of my favorite jokes. Me too. I, uh, yep. I, yes. It's always funny, right? Because they say like the third time is funny. And then you push, like, you, 
then it gets unfunny, and then it gets funny like the eleventh time, and then it gets, it's just really fun to ride the wave of when something is funny, gets unfunny, gets funny again, isn't funny, and I feel like that's comedy distilled down to its essential, just like what's the rhythm and the duration of comedy. I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on. That. I think uh, Frank Farrell had said it to me, and he might have stolen it from you because you just said a very similar thing, which is that comedy is. Uh, funny the first time funny the third time i think it's funny the fifth time and then there is an infant number that we can never know when it becomes the funniest thing it will ever be <laughs> no frank did not steal that from me i give frank all the credit for saying it much better than i said okay <laughs> i i'm curious with that in mind your relationship with them doing the bit about how like oh yeah you were in that movie where you were like a jewel thief and he's like i wasn't in a movie where i was a jewel thief like they did that like i think four or five times um, oh i like when john cusack is describing john malkovich to someone and they're like who's that and he's like oh he's a jewel thief in a movie and it's like he wasn't weren't you listening to the scene yeah were you listening to the fact that he wasn't yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just happened i think that works because he's not tom cruise you know like mm-hmm. and and um it also makes me admire so much more that John Malkovich did the role. Like I, you can't, you can't remove that kind of meta layer of the fact that it's actually John Malkovich mm-hmm. actually acting in that movie as himself doing that dance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dance. No, I think that was genius. I thought that was, he Amazing. did it. Apparently he didn't want to do it. Um, he originally said he was going to be involved, right? That he would be in, like, he would maybe he like be a, good, but he wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, he would be involved but as like a producer to try and get it made. It's it's so clear that he just went, all right, well, if you're, I'm going to do this and I need to 100% commit just yeah. by that scene alone. Because he just like, he, I was like, wow, he embodied a puppet. That is literally, I just envisioned John Cusack in being John, like in John Malkovich, <laughs> uh, John Malkovich. Oh, how did he describe it? Um, like a, a like a wetsuit. Oh, oh. Uh, like a yeah i I hate it i hate it yeah like a really expensive like a really expensive suit or something like that um yeah i don't know how yeah but i believe i don't know i believed it and i was just like wow give this man an emmy um but also when i watch the film (laughs) give this man a nickelodeon kids award (laughs) seriously i don't know i want him to have it give him a give him a grammy um you know how that works uh, Just give him an down. EGOT for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pulitzer, I, straight, straight was, away. The, the PGOT. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know who he was. I had the, it was the right amount of, like, that's the point, is to the point where it's like, oh, cool, like, I, this is a person that I don't really know that well, and they could tell me anything that this person does, and I just kind of believe it. Um, I love that they did that whole, like, him sitting down with his agent being like, so I'm never acting again, and I want to be a puppeteer. And he's like, yeah, I'll make a couple calls. And the idea of yeah, someone being that so easy. famous that they could do that, like George Clooney, I would love it if he was just like, yeah, uh, so I do birthday party clowning from now on. That's the only thing I do. And people just being like, okay. <laughs> yeah we're gonna make it happen i'll make i'll make a couple calls and we'll we'll get you the same amount of money <laughs> uh you're gonna do less time you're gonna have to work a lot less <laughs> and you're, you're gonna love this george this is gonna be a good life for you yeah i love that it is a world in which puppetry has stormed the nation like early on in the movie there's a <laughs> there's a, a news clip that was like this one puppeteer has <laughs> entertain millions with this gigantic puppet off a side of a bridge yeah <laughs> and then john malkovich becomes a world famous puppeteer and then sean penn like being like yeah you know i think we're all gonna 
like, <laughs> like we're all gonna do it. We just gotta wait a little while so it doesn't yeah. seem like we're just copying. Oh my god, yeah, that was so good. All the cameos they had Hanson, uh, fucking Brad Pitt was actually in this, and I think that was he? he was actually one of the people yeah. they were considering for this film as well. Or not consider like they weren't considering, but like I think the studio wanted a bunch of yeah, the studios who wanted a bunch of other people. I think uh new line uh new cinema I can never say this new, new line, line cinema, cinema. Uh, the was built. they shut it down because yeah the house that Freddie built they they shut it down because they were like no I don't want to do this with being John Malkovich or with John Malkovich uh, and I'm pretty sure they were throwing uh, Brad Pitt in there as well uh, oh my god it would just no it would just would be completely fucking different I can't I imagine to, any, yeah well no I just have to say that that uh, flashback that Elijah flashback and Jim you were like that's or, I think Jim you said that's one of the things that made made you realize like appreciate that yeah yeah Charlie Coffee got to start writing comedy. That said, that scene did make me cry. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's because real. because I hated so much because it was so cruel and vicious that she was in the cage. Mm-hmm. And it and and there've been these kind of throwaway references to Elijah's like trauma and the mm-hmm. psychotherapy that this like primate is receiving and that's ridiculous. Yeah. But then there's something I don't know. I just real. really was moved. Uh watching that flashback which in and of itself is a joke right the joke is that i cr- that I, that i was made to cry yeah you know, that's funny i th- i think that's part of charlie kaufman's charm is he takes the joke so dead serious yeah, yeah. that you you'll cry at the joke that it's so serious well, this one didn't make me cry, but it did make me fucking like go, ah, that's really funny. Uh, when he, when, whatever his name is, uh, I keep saying Merlin, whatever, Luster, Lister. Oh, um, Lester. 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 Yeah. Uh, when he's just like very adamant, he's like, I'm not fucking my, you know, like my assistant or what, what is he, what is her, <laughs> specifically not a secretary. What is he, there's a title that he said that she has. Oh, oh no, that's right. Yeah. Because um, I, I know she went to school for speech impediment, speech impediment. Impedimentology, yeah, right. but very adamant. <laughs> she no. thinks that everyone has a speech impediment. Yeah, but adamant. Oh my god, that was fucking ridiculous. That was such a good and joke convinced too. him that he had a speech impediment. No, that's right up there with the genius of like Fozzy and uh, and Kermit being twins and fucking Muppets in Manhattan. Like it's just like because you just believe it and you're like, all right, well, let's keep moving. Uh, this is the reality we live in. Um, and uh, oh Jesus Christ, Jim, help me out. What was the what was the point I was just gonna make? That Lester. Wanting to fuck. Oh yeah, and then I thought that was such a genius move at the end, where uh, her like uh, you know, the, the future John Malkovich uh, to be married to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, yeah, that's gold. Like I totally missed that as a child, uh, or, or like, or as a teenager. Like, I didn't remember that aspect. There's so many little tiny things that I caught this time around that I was just like, um. Yeah, this this writer clearly understands the concept of just like third beats and then just like let's also pound into the sand mm-hmm. like 20 more times on a couple of these and then we'll call it uh, comedic genius uh, five, four and a half stars, I think. I think People that this it. is a movie <laughs> of specifics. Like this is kind of like a quintessential type of very, very – like the fact that he gets spit – they all get spit out on the side of the the Jersey Turnpike so like, wet too it didn't yeah. need to be that specific but he and he goes around saying like you're john malkovich for 15 minutes and then you get spit out onto a ditch on the side of the new jersey turnpike like that's a very funny series of words that yep. he made because of how specific it is absolutely yeah 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 
It's got to be right up there with the the pitch of Seinfeld, where you're kind of just like, we'll see how this conversation goes. <laughs> uh, you're just like, it's going to be like, I mean, I don't know. Which one do you think was harder to pitch? Uh, a show about absolute nothing or a movie about entering John Malkovich's brain? <laughs> oh, both. Both are very hard. Yeah, right? I mean, they, they I, what I what I found about it today, it looks like it took quite some time. Uh, and then it was written more as like a throwaway, like, okay, cool, this can be shown to people to get me like work kind of script. I don't think it was really written with the intention of being like a, oh, yeah, like this will get bought. This is going to be huge. It's a risk project. That's for fucking sure. I just, <laughs> I want to pivot it for a second because sure. I have a question, Fred. That's all I do. Uh, I've seen you do comedy a couple of times. I've, I, you have a bit of a surreal sense of humor, I would say. Uh-huh. I don't know if that uh, is something you would say or if even that's a compliment to you. But uh, <laughs> I, I take it as a I certainly don't take it as an insult. Good, because I bet it as a compliment. Um, okay. <laughs> do you, um, where do you think <laughs> this is such a in, interview question? Where do you think that comes from? Uh, like what? Like <laughs> where do I think my surreal sense of humor comes from? Yeah. Did you was there an early on thing for you that might have? Well, okay. I think you know. I I know. I weirdly hit a strange path, but go ahead. no, no, no. I I appreciate a direct question. Um, I mean, it does remind me of like, so Kristen Shear, who's a member of the Improv Group The Future that I'm a member of, has been like she did. Um, I feel like Kristen. I do sometimes. I, I'm, I'm going to get to your. I'm going to get get to your question. But sometimes I like to say things that aren't true, mm-hmm. and I think that's funny. Yeah. And I remember once telling Chris, and I was like, "That was a joke," and she was like, "That's not what a joke is." <laughs> and she was like, "Pretty yeah. serious." Yeah. And it was pretty funny, but I felt also duly chastised because I think I actually don't. I don't think I'm a very good comedian in the sense that I I've, I've never done any writing like. I think improvisers really ought to try sketch because it teaches you how to write comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of just don't know how jokes work. And I think if somebody who doesn't really know how jokes work gets on stage with a high level of commitment, it might just read as surrealist because it doesn't make sense. So that might be a little bit of what's happening to me is like just actually not knowing how a joke works. I'm... Uh, we're gonna call glad. me out like that, Fred. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm no. I just like I'm like trying to think of how I do this. No, because I, I need to take a sketch class, and I want to take like a stand up class. Like I, I want to take more structural comedy classes to be yeah. like, and this is how this works. And also more like screenwriting. I would love to take specifically comedy writing classes, like as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm very glad you took the question in this direction because this is secretly what I really wanted. Because I would have been weirded out if you were like, "Well, I watched the Flintstones," and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> I was. So, I'm so glad you took it in the direction that you're taking it. <laughs> well, there's I, there's a book called Why Is That So Funny, and uh, in the beginning, the guy identifies different kinds of laughs, and there's like the laugh of recognition, which I would say is a lot of improv comedy. Certainly a lot of like, whose line is it anyway kind of improv comedy where people laugh because they're like, ah, that's like my aunt. Mm -hmm. Or like they laugh because like, "Ah, I recognize that. The frustration when the grocery cart, like like Seinfeld, a lot of Seinfeld is a laugh of recognition. Yeah. And then there's other kinds of laughs. I don't remember all of them, (laughs) but one of them is like the bizarre laugh, right? Just like a thing that's totally unexpected. And I think, um, 
I don't know. That's always fun to me. I think uh, I, I've always enjoyed, um, and I think being John Malkovich does this, something that just breaks the form or breaks the rules or maybe this is what Friday the or the 6th, Friday the 13th did, like when you break the fourth wall, something that just breaks the the conventions mm-hmm. because I think that forces people to be really present. And I really love when people get present. I really like, I think that's the best thing about improv. Mm-hmm. So if you can do something that go and, and oftentimes, so just to go on another tangent, I feel like if you've done a lot of improv, which the three of us have, and you watch an improv show, mm-hmm. if comedy is about subverting expectation, sometimes the thing that makes me laugh the hardest is when someone does a really bad improv move. Because I'm not expecting it, right? Like yeah. you expect the game move. You're just like, I yeah, see yeah. how this game's going to build. But like, sorry, th- this guy does not do bad improv moves, and you do not have to strike this from the record. Okay. But um, apple milkshake, <laughs> apple milkshake from a uh, milkshake shake from Philly, who was mm-hmm. on Dream okay. Tank, which I directed. Like watching him improvise, I would be on the floor laughing so hard because he just does whatever brings him the most pleasure in the moment. Mm-hmm. And he presents like someone who's really trying hard to figure out what's going on. And it's does it's not what you'd expect. It's not like a textbook improviser. And so it's incredibly funny because it subverts my expectations of how people are going to subvert expectations. Because I'm it's kind of like inside baseball, inside improv thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah, also it forces just everyone to get present because it's like, holy shit, like what? Whoa. And as soon as everyone's present, I feel like that is the magical moment in any That's performance. Why I- I like seeing teams that I see regularly and they have like a guest performer doing like doing improv with them, particularly if that performer is less skilled at what they're doing and their job is now to take care of them. Now, of course, I enjoy the show as an improviser because I'm like, oh, they're doing such a great job of helping this person figure out how to do the show. (laughs) But also, it's so fun to watch this improviser stretch the muscles they've never done before and like trust themselves a little bit. And it's so good to see improvisers so professional being like, isn't the fun when we actually just take care of each other? But also one of the favorite moves I saw was one of the characters went, hey, look, I'm just trying to move the plot along. Like just said that in character. And I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yes, thank you. I need that person to, to do the thing that's unexpected, to say those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to like pat my own back, but there's two moves that I'm very <laughs> proud of myself recently that I that finally did make me feel like, okay, sometimes you are good at improv. And one was uh, the awkward move of uh, at a show where my kid is about to do an orchestra show. And instead of wishing him well before getting off the phone with him, I was like, all right, I hope you have a terrible time. I hope it goes really poorly, honey. And I could feel the audience just like uncomfortable that I became this character that was just like, yeah, no, I hope you have a terrible time. My, uh, my, you know, my therapist encouraged me to be more authentic with myself. And yeah, I just I don't I don't want you to do well today. <laughs> all right honey all right love you <laughs> or like uh and then like i think i did like a, i don't know why i said that actually I, it's complicated we'll figure it out later all right <laughs> you know like right. really tried to be that character uh that i don't normally do i don't do the thing jim does which would be an unlikable character not on purpose no i know it just happens to you but <laughs> poor jim yeah jim's been playing that role this whole time <laughs> yeah oh no oh no seriously that was me that was the extent of my bullying of jim on this no, that was good. By the way, I always love, <laughs> this is a thing that we do say beforehand, like you can bully me. I always love when you can tell someone's like, oh, here's my opportunity. To <laughs> <laughs> you can al- you, I always know when someone's like, oh, I got it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a rule follower. I will bully Jim at least once. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Uh, we need to get more uh, counted bullies on here. All right, what's your second move? Second move oh, yeah, yeah. was... <laughs> 
Ooh, we're going to find out what my second move is. But you know what else is a pretty cool move? Checking out this podcast by dear friend and past guest of the podcast, Rise Wasman. Why did I say his name wrong? Wasman? Why did I say that? Guys, he's been on the podcast plenty of times. He's my dear friend. Rossman? Why did I say that? Oh my God, he's going to be so upset. Childhood. Remember that? You could walk down the street. You could get an ice cream cone. You could go to school. You could do homework for five hours and then lament about the fact that you're wasting your youth. Hi, I'm Ross. I'm the host of Kid Flicks. It's the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. We've covered more than 150 different movies, including all four of the Shrek movies, including Shrek 2, which we reviewed in two different episodes. Definitely give us a listeny listeny and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, unless you get podcasts from that creepy guy down the street. Don't let him open his trench coat. There's no podcasts in there. But seriously, give us a listen, won't you? Kid Flicks, it's a podcast. Hey everybody, Kai Bobby here, the other host. Uh, I am here with the Captain's Log shout out. It is from uh, our dear friend Crimson. He is incredibly kind and has told me to use this promotion slot to promote my cat's GoFundMe. Uh, my poor little buddy Oliver unfortunately had to have a surgery a little while back. And uh, those medical bills, uh, they, they really rack up. So if you got a couple extra bucks, go ahead and check out that GoFundMe link. It is in the description. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. Crimson, you're amazing. Let's get back to the show, everybody. Right, what's your second move? Second move oh, yeah, yeah. was during that um, that workshop with MJ um, that I had recently. We decided to do this exercise where we had to like just be a bold character. Decided to be a duck, uh, Doug the duck. And then when being interviewed about a previous owner that I, the one time that I lived inside, uh, I was asked the name of that person, and I said Doug the human. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's funny. Did they name you? And I was like, no, just a coincidence. And I was just like, yes! I was like, you ever just have your brain do the exact opposite of hate yourself and shame yourself on stage? And so oh, yeah. you're just like, yeah. high five yourself? I was just like, that's funny. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then kept going. Um, but that's the kind of like, get out of your own way kind of thoughts that I connect with. And I'm like, okay, cool. Good. This is the why I do this. This is fun. What do you think made, what do you think made that possible in those two instances? Well, uh, with enough preparation of and warm up, I think that was like a little bit into yeah. the the workshop. It it was enough warm up of, um, you get rid of all the like can'ts. Like, well, that reality can't exist. Well, that reality can't exist, and you start getting loose in that muscle of getting your brain to be like more curious, less judgmental, and just being like, mm-hmm. "There's so many reality uh, realities out here that can be justified. Let's do it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just I got more in that mindset. I yeah. I I also I if we might have a little session where we pat ourselves on the back a little bit for a second. I had I also had a moment recently where I was playing a character that was an arrogant asshole and believed the world revolved around him. Uh <laughs> very strange for my wheelhouse apparently. Um but um, <laughs> part of the show that uh this was had the uh lights person switching lights between different sections of the stage to see to illuminate what part of the scene you were at and Mm -hmm. for me a lot of that was uh tripping up the lights person who was uh josh ward by the way um and trying to make him switch the lights as quick as possible 
and I did one thing where I ran all the way across the stage to go to the, a different scene and just started talking. And it just so happens the lights guy who has been on the ball for seven weeks wasn't paying attention and didn't turn the lights on. And I screamed, lights! In a way. <laughs> As if, like, I can make the lights happen. Oh, my God, yes. And yeah, it was because... one of my favorite things oh. I've ever been a part of. And it probably got a really big laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Jim awesome. does this shit all the time. He like, gets on airplanes. He's like, pillow! Like, he's very... <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> It's yeah. classic Jim. But, yeah, I mean, great. I'm glad you brought that into your comedy. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but uh, uh, a point that is more relevant to what you were saying earlier was... Um, I think that um, one of the mo- more important people on an improv team is uh the wrench with like someone who just throws a wrench into every scene where you're like okay okay we're here now how do we how do how do we recover from this or like not even recover like how do we go from here Mm -hmm. like what what do we do this is now the reality we're in we got to go from here yeah yeah that's a very important team member i agree because otherwise i think it's really easy for people to fall into kind of default patterns which quickly Mm -hmm. become ruts which quickly become like kind of unthinking programming and yeah, to have somebody come in and be Doug the Duck suddenly, like, whoa, okay, wow, all right, I'm I'm paying attention. <laughs> let me let me let me focus. I will tell you, as the role on most in, on the teams that I've been on and in most classes that does this person, because we can't be there can't be two of me uh, that do this rogue kind of shit on a team. I don't know if you've ever seen two uh, rogue motherfuckers on one improv team like that. Um, uh, but I've I, seen like six with a uh, uh, Dream Tank. That's actually oh, a good yeah. point. It does get, it does get, you're right. It does get, there. that comp bonkers combination does exist. <laughs> Dream Tank was, uh, so a lot of like my work directing Dream Tank was all physical work, like games mm-hmm. where it's like physical responsiveness. And I, and I, for a while I had a rule that if anyone did a walk on, someone else had to do it with them and they had to be peas in a pod. Love it. So oh, like, okay. so and because in my mind, you can have six. I don't know if it. Like, I don't know if it worked, right? But I think it did, right? You could have six strong bonkers personalities, but what's going to break it is only if what you're saying, Kai, that happened with your team doesn't happen. So it's going to break if the team goes, "Oh, this is too much," or if they lose connection with each other. Mm-hmm. But if you build in rules where people are reinforcing the choices and staying physically responsive and connected, then I think the group can sustain anything, and that's the super fun thing. It's like, great, let's. Get that level of connection and that level of responsiveness and then turn it up to a thousand and just see how bonkers it can get while somehow working. Right. But not everybody wants to play that game. Like there's warm up exercises that make me want to die. Right. Like Big Bunny. I hate it. Anything that has to do like rhythm or anything like that. I hate it. But and I, I say that and then still my ADHD brain loves where it's just like, wait, wasn't there a dog that was like uh, having their third half birthday? Like. What like just like random memories in the middle of the show, that kind of stuff where I can't let that stuff go. Like it's it's interesting the stuff it it, it was like refuses to remember, but the stuff that it needs to make sure gets readdressed in in a show. I think that uh, means that yeah. that's time to bring it up. If you if your brain just went wait a second, two scenes ago there was a song there was a dog that uh, had a third birthday. 
that means your brain went, it's time to bring this up. Even if it's for the one person in the audience who was just like, oh, God damn it, I really wanted it. Like, if they had left the show, they're like, I didn't really fucking get to see that dog's third half birthday. Oh, the audience uh, remembers. If, when um, you bring it up, they remember. I mean, heck, I've definitely walked away from stuff where, I mean, I'll always be a little upset. Um, I recently had a show where I got mad at the lights person. Um, I think we all kind of did. My team was kind of just like, you couldn't have ended it at a worse point. <laughs> like, it was just the opposite of what a button is. Uh, yeah, it was just like a a wet uh, half sandwich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 100% what it was. Uh, well, why are you making me think the word wet was in this film? And it was. Well, you um, thought it was a wet suit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, it's when the old man is talking to him about uh, it's the sex thing. He's inappropriately talking at work. Uh, he gets cut off with the word wet, and he's like, "This is oh, yeah. a conversation <laughs> that we should have like outside of work." Uh, anyways, um, oh, I loved his weird erotica that he because like, yeah. it was so like fantastically written and so earnest. Like he was just so he really believed it. Hmm. Like I think that, yeah, that makes I, it work. I mean, that ties into what we're talking about. I think, like, honestly, all the actors understood the assignment. They were just like, let me show up and let me make every one of these characters the most authentic and they believe 100% who they are. Because uh, Cameron Diaz, for me, was unrecognizable a little bit. Like, I lost her, Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz and she was just this character. I'm saying Cameron Diaz because her character's name, I was... Is, Lottie. Is Lottie. But, like, yeah, no, I mean... Bravo. Everyone fucking... I do find it a little funny. Like, so my wife Gina watched it with me and she'd never seen it before. And I was like, oh yeah, Cameron Diaz is in it, but she's unrecognizable. And I I read on Wikipedia that like they did a lot of work to make her appear really homely. Hmm. But then we were watching it and we're like, oh, they just... Like her hair's different and maybe she's not wearing a ton of makeup, but she's still like a beautiful person. Like she doesn't... It's not... I mean, I guess when I was... When I first saw it, I had seen her in The Mask. And I yes. guess if you compare yeah. this to the mask, sure. Yeah. Like I remember seeing it as a teenager and being like, I didn't know that was Cameron Diaz because I knew her as like an incredibly hot person in the mask. This isn't something about Mary. Yeah, yeah. This is something. This is different. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Something about Mary. Um, but watching it this time, I'm like, she's still like really attractive. Like, like she's not. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, they didn't well, do they, that good they, of a job. She's, of, like, she's Hollywood they, ugly. Where you're like, yeah, oh, her, like, she doesn't have straight hair. Frizzled up her hair, and they were yeah. just like, and she's a hot mess. They gave her like a kind of a nice sweater, and I know, <laughs> and that's enough to justify like your. She wore just, sweatpants. Yeah, and that's all. <laughs> yeah, that might be the most problematic part of the movie, you know, like is uh, the beauty, the the uh, the implicit beauty standards uh, of the late nineties. Being oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I don't know. I I I have to bring it up because it happened. I I have told this story probably too many times. But Cameron Diaz is one of the people that has physically yelled at me, uh, or like bumped into me and yelled at me in my life, which makes me. Um, I don't I think actually. I'm trying to think if it's the only celebrity that's yelled at me. I think it's the only celebrity. I do love that you have a category of people who have bumped into you and yelled at you. Yeah, so, I have a category of that, and, and then some of those people are celebrities. Celebrities. And one of them actually who wanted to fight me was wasn't Vanna White, but it was one of the Wheel of uh, Fortune uh, video guys, like videographers. Anyways, I, Can I, to... I, I do. I really want to hear this. I just want to say <laughs> I've only like had one person threaten to hit me. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Kai, you, you bring this out in people is like mm-hmm. this kind of physical mm-hmm. aggression from this strangers in public. Okay. When I got you hit in that it up ripstick, three times in this podcast. Yeah. When I was when I got hit in the ripstick, I was just minding my business, ripping along, 
just drunk person didn't like that I was an adult on a ripstick and it was just the wrong, I don't know, I guess 2 a.m. on a ripstick along the East River, being an adult, not a good thing to do. You get punched in the face by a drunk person. Um, The time I called, I actually had to bleep this exact person's name out recently. Uh, The time called me and I told him to go fuck his mom. Because that's what you said in 19, or was that 1990 something? It was early, two, no, like 2003 shit. Uh, that punch, that one. Wait, so it, it, that it person out. punched it's, you. Oh, they punched me, yeah. I um, What an awful day. My my mom's maiden name, Bouchard, um, I believe means big mouth. And oh. I have both the mouth that's got us into trouble and the mouth that's always got us out of trouble. I... Got myself in trouble at a skate park where all my friends were about to get their ass kicked, but I talked us out of it by basically more or less pleading, but in a very, like, salesman-y way. Um, I also have bipolar, too, so if you catch me when I'm hypomanic, I'm really good at selling the idea of not doing something or doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, stay, Yeah, when we're, we're on doing sales pitches then, we're really strong. And I really sold not kicking our fucking asses that day, but I'm also the person who... When someone was lightly mean to us, I also mouthed off to them. Like, I was a very mouthy kid growing up. Um, I'd like to compare you to Odysseus. Will you accept that? I mean, I haven't hung out in many caves. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll yeah, take right. that. <laughs> Odysseus' uh, primary uh, trait is hanging out in caves. I am not going to lie. I read this shit a long time ago, and I've been back in school after, like, 13 years and the last time i thought about him was when i was uh staying up at like 3 a.m to read spark notes to write a paper <laughs> so i remember a cave was there a cave oh, of course there's a cave yeah polyphemus <laughs> yeah the big guy and then yeah, he's like the Cyclops. monster yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay i remember this one this is a good story <laughs> but i think you know odysseus had a he was a he was a uh, a clever big mouth you know how you kind of want to punch pete holmes I yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I think I have a little case of that. I have like a little bit, of, but also because I'm, but I'm more likable and I'm queer, and uh, because I'm marginalized. You, if you hit me, it's a hate crime. So you're allowed to hit Pete Holmes, just for the record. <laughs> although, although Pete Holmes's dad did die in the Twin Towers on 9/11. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Which I think, but he's wait, made no. fun of it himself. No, 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 no. No, that's uh, you're that's thinking of Pete, Pete Davidson. That's Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking uh, of Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah, Pete. Oh, wow, you want to punch Pete Davidson? We just lost a lot of fans. Uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> wait, but okay, but I see it with Pete Davidson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also mouthy, uh, but he is less like you than Pete Holmes is, perhaps. <sighs> I, 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 I very much not like it. Kai and Pete Holmes are very similar. Pete Holmes is a very curious, mouthy person yeah. who is very quick to just like pull back and be like, you know what? You're right. That was a weird argument. I disagree with myself. What were you saying? You know, like, <laughs> uh, so like I, I, but I, I, I know my, I know my, I know my role. Uh, so I, I see myself and I see, I actually bet he got punched many a times. Uh, I'm the curious person who said the thing that the scene probably should have ended, but I decided to keep going with my mouth and, got the thing that got me punched. I want to say maybe, I don't want to make it seem like I've been punched like 30 times in my life. But yeah, we're probably like five, six. I do the math. And Cameron Diaz yelled at you. Cameron Diaz yelled at me because I physically, <laughs> no, I physically bumped into her in Soho and she said, watch it. And I, for the longest time, told that story like, fuck Cameron Diaz. But as I've gotten older, I've been like, I was probably just like the billionth per- fucking person that just like bumped into her and just wasn't fucking paying attention or caring or whatever. But she's also a person. Like she got fucking like completely, like I fucking dead armed her hard just by being, um, 
but yeah, I got to full on watch it and then a turn back being like, that was fucking Cameron Diaz, uh, which always a, a fun moment. Yeah, I feel like that's a really reasonable reaction for her to have. Is like watch it, yeah. Watch yeah. It. Especially considering as you went on in the story, it you... sounds like you hit her pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, are, I fucking have you ever seen uh, like we've NFL... all bumped into people before no, and you've seen... like, oh sorry but like it sounds right. like you like ran I'm into in. her full NFL, speed NFL blitz style I fucking went in <laughs> and yeah I just arm checked Cameron Diaz um, and what are you gonna do you know I had to I, I want to apologize I'm sorry I arm checked you Cameron Diaz uh, no just full on not pay, fucking paying attention uh, yeah fair uh, and I feel bad about it I, I do want to apologize that's big of you. I feel like that's 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 like some that's maturation right there. Yeah, folks, if you could tag her in this as much as you can, if you share this episode, <laughs> uh, and just let <laughs> let's get let's let her know uh, that we're that I don't know. I said we're sorry as if I'm pulling you in this. Like uh, I'm sorry too. No, no, I really am. Yeah. I'm going to apologize to Cameron Diaz as well. I have no reason to because I've been nothing but kind uh, about her to uh, people. So. I you know I'll also I, apologize. I'll own the fact that I've done I've done nothing in my life to to stop people from bumping into her. And for that I am sorry. <laughs> you know what? No, there needs to be someone kind of just like with their arms spread out. Yeah. Like like a good like I would say seven to like ten feet around her at all times, just checking the parameter of Absolutely. where she's yeah, just blocking people away. Yeah, she needs a shield. Let's get let's get Cameron Diaz a shield. Um, Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash gets Cameron Diaz a shield. Speaking of Patreon, I think it's about the time to ask you. Uh, <laughs> what is, is that? I, I'm not good at segues. No, no, no. That's funny. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, pay, the, let me talk about the page I'm on. I don't know how to do it. Uh, I'll, I'll work on it. I'm supposed to be like a professional improviser. I've been paid. I think uh, that first, I think your first segue, Stephen, I think it was really strong. Yeah, I should have just trusted it, right? Should have kept going. I laughed because it was unexpected. Okay. No, hey. No, you know, hey. It was the way to go. It was much more authentic. Let me pull back. Let me get much more into a more authentic version of myself. Hey, I think it's about that time. <laughs> that Did that seem more authentic, Jim? Just keep going. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything about this film uh, that you're like, oh my God, we didn't get a chance to talk about that, this is that time. So if there's uh, a, a final thought of yours... Uh, about being John Malkovich, please tell us now. I guess all of the all of the uh, performance within the film. So the training video, like the orientation so video, so amazing. Yep. The puppet show on the street, like the Halloween's and Abelard, and just how serious that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, I think the the film was truly absurd because, and we mentioned this because of how seriously it took itself. Yeah. But but but. While pointing, I think, while, while laughing at performative modes of all kinds, including itself. So mm-hmm. I, I really loved, uh, yeah, that film, the puppet show, the John Malkovich dance, mm-hmm. um, the, the bio, like the, the profile on John Malkovich that he watches on TV about himself. Oh, the People magazine. They yeah. really David sold Fincher it. Is the- yeah, all of that stuff, that kind of meta quality, I really, uh, I one of my favorite details from the video was that the idea of a little person would be mocked by high ceilings and that's why they have yes 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 (laughs) yeah and it'd be like and I'll marry you and it's like hooray 
Yeah. <laughs> I even think they did a great job with like the cutback, like the people who were doing the 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 like the video, and they were just like, "Yep," and that explains it. And anyways, like keep doing your job. Um, yeah. Oh my god, he also does have very fast fingers. He it was very accurate. He did, he went through those files very very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was an interesting thing about it taking itself seriously, uh, which was that in the beginning. Uh, John Cusack is a little bit of a straight man mm-hmm. where he does kind of have like a what are you talking about sort of attitude toward mm-hmm. a lot of the movie. But then as time goes on, he also gets engrossed within the movie and is literally just as absurd. And there's no there's just no grounded person by the end, which I think works in this movie. And it's very weird to have like because I think it's I think it's good to have like this. We're grounded right now. Okay, we're we're taking this slow train to Crazy Town, even though we're starting in we're starting halfway to Crazy Town. Jim, you might hate this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to Muppets. What he did here is he on par with like my, the Michael Caine seriousness that he brought to uh, the Christmas Carol, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you just show up and you're just like, I'm fully committed. That's what happened here with John Malkovich. He was just like, all right, fine. I'm going to do this role. I'm going to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the same way, but instead he's like, but I'm also going to do it with the same way that Tim Curry did it instead, where I'm just going to also just 100% ham. Like <laughs> there was a hard switch to just like, uh, I don't know, uh, the way that he physically, his physical comedy of the way that he, when he got taken over uh, and he had to like speak as them, like he just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Like he, I, he, he earned, I'm not, I don't, I shouldn't say he earned his paycheck. That's a very like interesting concept about how, like, I don't know how much he got. But he earned an I, Emmy th- at least. Whatever. Or he's an, <laughs> he earned an Emmy. You know what? He's an artist. It's really, com- you fucking, whatever. You name your prize, you do your thing. Someone paid you that. It's a really complex world when it comes to what we get paid and what you do with your stuff. I don't, I'm just saying that because I don't know if, is John Malkovich a decent guy? Are we, are we shutting him down today? Um, I don't think we're shutting him down. Cool, cool. He's good. I'm just I might shut him down in the second or third episode, but we'll find out. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I did look him up. I think he hasn't voted since like 1976. Oh wow! So I don't wow. know how we feel about. He voted that. for Jimmy Carter, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> never again. It, honestly, until Jimmy Carter wins, I'm not going. <laughs> we repeach politician with Jimmy Carter. We can't go. I can't vote for anyone else. No, I just I'm just a big fan. I forgot how. Like, I remember this being silly, but I forgot how committed the actors were. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's something I just didn't appreciate at the time, because it's acting wasn't something I appreciated that much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, me thinking about him being a straight man and slowly becoming absurd is something that I didn't appreciate until I started improv. Because I'm now really, really impressed whenever someone is able to be the same exact character and not, like, change any aspect of them, but become either be either start as the absurd character and become a straight character or vice versa i i think it's very impressive watching that happen because mm-hmm. it's very easy to just become a different character to fit the scene but to be the exact same character and still and switch those roles yeah i'm 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 100 blown away jim uh, i'm sorry fred was there anything else uh that you wanted to touch on no Jim, did, do you have any do you have any feelings about John Malkovich? Uh, yeah, this, let him out. I mean, you still have two more episodes to let him out, but what do you got? I like the cab driver called him John Mapplethorpe. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, you were, you were that uh, you're that actor guy or whatever the fuck you said. Yeah, yeah. John Mackenzie. John Mapplethorpe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A very funny person to confuse him with. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know who that is. He was a uh, photographer, uh, Robert Mapplethorpe, from okay. like the 70s and 80s, and he took a lot of very controversial pictures. Uh, I don't know what the official opinion of him is, but he right. was, he did things that would like, I, one of his famous pictures was like uh, a man's genitals in like a vice with like a, uh, uh, a whip in their butthole. Like yeah. it, it, those were the types of pictures he took. Yeah. You know how sometimes, uh, I'm sorry, I ask questions. This yeah, is one what? of those times. This is one of those times. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's fine. No, it's just like, oh no. It just got, you know when it just keeps getting worse? <laughs> or better. Uh, you know, you know. Yeah, I guess it really depends on how you look at it. I read a oh, book like, about Robert Mapplethorpe from Patty Smith's perspective. I I know a little bit about him. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that person's it definitely sounds like I, a person I didn't know exists, and now I don't know if I need to know more or less. I'm very yeah, I'm not sure. That's okay. What did you, Kai? Did you have a, a another thing? I mean, I had a, a per usual, uh, just a, a bunch of little tiny things. Um, I, I had a big appreciation for a lot of the, the just the little one off sentences that happened here. Uh, why do you do this to yourself? Uh, I'm a puppeteer. Got me because like you could have replaced it with performer. Any 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 type of performance I do, it just mm-hmm. like it's like that kind of like. Because it's my art. <laughs> it's just like, it's because I, I annoyingly feel this need to uh, entertain and or create because it's just so much of a back and forth relationship with with, with people. Um, but yeah, uh, sometimes my thoughts are betrayed by the movement of my body was one of the things that uh, was said by one of the puppets in that uh, that performance. And I, that one, you said it got serious. I felt so bad for that kid that was watching this. Um I, I'm going to say it. I'm, I give it to him for doing street performance, right? And I think back to the poetry I did. Sometimes it was too real and too serious. I should have thought about the kids that were walking around. Dr- uh, puppets dry humping. You got to be careful, man, who's watching your show. Like, don't let little kids watch your puppets dry hump. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to put that out there. That, that 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 is how I think we feel, Jim, as the Rotten Treasure podcast. Yeah, sure. That, yeah. That, <laughs> I could stand by that opinion. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I get to talk about this film for two more weeks. I can't believe we're going to be talking about this movie uh, so much fucking more. So I'll save yeah. some of it. Thank you. Thank you, Fred, for talking to us about it. Hey, yeah. thank you for inviting me to talk to you about it. Yeah. Do you uh, have anything that you would like to promote? I would like to promote three things. Okay. I'd like to promote authenticity on behalf of the three of us. Hell yeah. I'd like to promote self-compassion. And I'd like to promote the show Severance, which I really like. <laughs> Severance. It's I know I Apple should TV. know what that is. It's really good, Kai. You should watch it's, it. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Is that all I should know? And don't... Yeah. Like, is it one of those shows yeah. that I should just not... Don't just don't, click the don't button. Don't know anything about it. Just, yeah, just watch. Yeah, okay. you'll get it. You'll get the gist of it immediately. Don't worry. Uh, well, I think per last week's episode or two episodes back, uh, I am looking for people with logins to date me. Uh, if you have Apple. <laughs> uh, it's the best thing about being poly fred you just i don't know <laughs> you just get so many logins uh yeah hit me up uh specifically this is my you. paramount plus partner <laughs> yeah i mean hey you know it's a it's a tough world out here shit's expensive uh no those are, those are absolutely fantastic uh jim uh do you have anything you'd like to promote 
I don't think so. No? Okay, curious. I just don't give it the opportunity, and I always forget that you are on improv teams and have shows and stuff. Oh, well, I mean, the last show of that team is tomorrow, so it's not going <laughs> to oh, which, matter by the time. Which was last week, uh, or... I think, it's, I think it'll be like a month ago. Oh, yeah, a month ago. Oh, that's my favorite thing. Oh, I literally put that in the descriptions. Uh, at this point, this show will have happened three weeks ago and you missed it. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was uh, great. No, it was absolutely fantastic and you absolutely missed it. Uh, well, this is the first time I've ever had to say this. Uh, it's really easy. Uh, we'll come back next week, folks. We'll be back to talk about John Malkovich again. <laughs> Being John Malkovich forever. Do you want to just do this instead? This is the new podcast. We just only talk about... Being John Malkovich? just yeah, forever yeah. yeah we'll talk about it once then we'll talk about three times then we'll talk about five times then we'll talk about it some infinite number until it's funny again and then when <laughs> we're 40 when we're 44 we'll put it into a different movie um yeah. and then we'll talk about that movie I and each it. time you do it you have to say malkovich one more time until the last time it's just you just saying malkovich 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 <laughs> Malkovich, we Malkovich. didn't even talk about that scene. All Malkovich, right, whatever. Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Uh, bye, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, per usual, uh, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect. Riss Rossman. Rice Rice Rusman. Reese Reese Rossman. Reesman. Rhymo Rhymosome. Ross Rhymosome. Ross Weisman. Ross Ross Wiseman. Yes! I got it. Ross. Woo! Yes! <laughs>